I want to read a scripture verse with you. I want to actually start the next few weekends with this passage of scripture. Ephesians chapter 3. By the way, the Apostle Paul, I believe, and many Bible scholars believe that the church in Ephesus was Paul's favorite church. It was a church that, that, that many Bible scholars believe he just had the strongest and the closest relationship with. Look what he says to the church in Ephesus. This is in the Living Bible paraphrase. He says, now glory be to God who by his mighty power at work within us, okay, he's talking to believers. He's talking to us, talking to followers of Christ. He says, is able to do far more than we could ever dare to ask or dare uh, ask or even dream of infinitely more. I want you to remember those two words, infinitely more. In other words, you cannot even begin to put parameters on or understand how to measure, okay? Infinitely more, infinitely beyond our highest prayers, those are the things we're asking him, our greatest desires are, are the, the thoughts that we can even imagine or our hopes. Infinitely more. Infinitely beyond our highest. That passage of Scripture, I want it to settle into our brains for the next couple of weeks. But this morning, I actually want to settle in and I want to talk to those of you who feel like Okay, and this, this, this morning is going to really minister to someone. It's going gonna, it's gonna to really touch an area that, that sometimes we kind of don't want to step into or don't even want to approach. But you feel like you're settling in life. Maybe you believed God at some point was going to do something amazing in your life or was going to do something exceptional in your life. Or, or, or in a given area of your life, he, he was going to take you to a, a whole other level. And then time just kept happening, and life just kept happening. And now time has passed, and time has moved on, and maybe you feel like nothing significant has happened spiritually in your life. And you're actually willing to settle into that. You're almost at a place where you, you, you would say, God, just do something. Just do something in my life. This message this morning is, is, is for some of you who feel like you're settling in life. Maybe you're a guy and, and, and all the wrong women have come into your life. Maybe you're a girl and you're waiting for this six-foot-tall handsome guy that God was going to bring into your life, right? Who, who was a great prospective father, a great potential dad, and, and a great husband, and a great provider, and, and a great kisser. I mean, you're waiting for this guy. But, but now time has gone, gone by, and months turn into years, and, and, and your conversation with God is, do you realize my clock is ticking? 
or maybe for you, you thought that, that what God was going to do in your life is, is you, you were going to, you were going to, you were going to set up a business. You were going to go into business, and, and you were, you were going to set up a, 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 a business, and God was going to honor that. We've had flies in here all morning. And, 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 and then, and not only that, or maybe you thought that it was a career thing that, that God was going to, and, and you, you've just kind of given up on it. Or maybe you're, you were a young couple, and you begin to pray that God would bring kids into your life because you knew, you knew that you were going to be able to raise these kids and honor God with, with raise, and raise them in a way that, that they, would, they would recognize who God was. And, and now you're at the place, and you're getting through the day, and your prayer to God is, please help me not just to kill one of these kids. And, you, and, you've, and we've given up. This message is, is, for those, is for someone who has actually lowered, maybe you have lowered your expectation of what God might do. Is that you? Is there an area in your life that that, that just fits? You've just, you've just given up on your expectations of what God might do. Well, let me throw a thought at you. You have no idea what God may produce through a simple, single seed of faith that gets planted. You have no idea. Growing up in elementary school, heard the phrase, only man can count the seed. Man can count the seeds in an apple, but only God can count the apples in a seed. How many of you heard that before? None of you, huh? Well, you didn't grow up in New York. In New York, they taught us that. See, we can cut an apple open and we can count the seeds in that apple. We can do that. That's not a hard thing to do. But only God can count what one of those seeds that gets planted in the ground and watered. Rain comes and the sun comes. God does that, by the way. And God knows how that seed that one seed can give birth to a tree that year after years gives birth to apples. I know birth is the wrong word, but just stay with me on this, okay? And, and then from those apples, more trees are delivered. Only God knows that stuff. And he, I, this morning, I, I want to snap back into that and look at it with you. Abraham and Sarah, I want to look at them just for a few minutes. They were first called Abram and Sarai, and then God changes their name. And Abraham and Sarah were dream, they dreamed of having kids. And, and if you know the story of Abraham, if you don't know the story of Abraham, you have to go back into Genesis. You've got to read that story. probably starts around, I, I don't even remember, probably chapter 12 if I'm not mistaken, but it, I could be wrong. But you want to go back and read the story about Abraham and Sarah. Because it is such a big deal. As a matter of fact, we point back to Abraham as the, as the founding father in our faith. He, he's, it's an area that God really begins, begins to change things. And, and this story, Abraham and Sarah, they, they, they dream of having kids. 
And you know what it's like when you're trying to get pregnant. You know, you get to your life group and you're trying to get pregnant, and what happens? Everybody else is getting pregnant, right? You're waiting, and everybody, I'm sure Abraham and Sarah were in their life group, and everybody else was getting pregnant, and they were not getting pregnant. And they, they heard from God. In Genesis chapter 12, God comes to Abraham and he says, Abraham, I'm going to make you into a great nation. And there's actually another place in there where he says to Abraham, I'm going to make you the father of nations. And Abraham and Sarah hear this from God, and they start talking about it, and they think, well, that's from God, so we know we're going to have kids. We know this is going to happen. And so they start thinking about this, and then they come up with names. They come up with boys' names, and they come up with girls' names, and they're, they're, they're getting ready for God bringing this child into their life. And they live in a tent, so they, they probably add a tent room onto their tent for their little nursery, you know? And if it's a boy, we're going to use the Star Wars theme, right? We're going to give this kid a Star Wars theme and put stars and put the Enterprise on the side of the tent and do it. And if it's a girl, it's probably going to be my little camel or something, you know? It's got to be. So, so here's the deal. They're preparing for this child. And Sarah goes to the bookstore, and she gets that book, What to Expect If You're Expecting. And then she probably reads it through three times over the next couple of days. And they're getting ready for this kid and this promise from God. And, and, and about a month goes by and there, she's not pregnant yet. And, and then two months go by and she's not pregnant yet. And the third month. And the fourth month. Fifth month. Sixth month. Seventh month. Eighth month. Nine month. Year go by. Two years go by. It's it just time just keeps on going. And then in chapter 15, look, look, look what happens in chapter 15. It says, sometime later, most Bible scholars agree, because you can actually do the math, most Bible scholars agree that it was at least a decade. A decade. And if you go on and you read through the whole story of Abraham, I'm not going to do that this morning because I just want, I just want to land with this passage here. But, but if you go and read the whole story, he doesn't have this kid that God was talking about till he's 100 years old. And his wife, this chick, they get, they, you know, the Scripture starts talking about them and they're 25 years old. But now he's 100 years old and his wife is like 99 years old and pregnant. And I'm trying to wipe that image out of my head. It's just hard to imagine. And, and so, so, so the Bible scholars tell us at least a decade, sometime later, the Lord spoke to Abraham in a vision and said to him, don't be afraid. <laughs> Ten years later, don't be afraid, Abraham, for I will protect you. And, and Abraham, your reward will be great. That's big stuff. That's from God. But look what he says back to God. But Abraham replied, O sovereign Lord, what good are all your blessings when I don't even have a son? Because having a son in that culture was a really, really big deal. And God himself had promised Abraham. But over 10 years go by and God steps into this conversation with him again. And, and many of us have our own version of that. We, 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 we thought that God was going to help us do something. 
We thought that by now, we, we, we would have paid off our credit cards. We took Financial Peace University, and, and, and we, we committed to a year or two years, and we knew that we would have our credit cards paid off, and now it's three years later, four years later, and you still have credit card debt. God, why, why didn't you help us do that? Well, maybe you thought by now your, your dad would come to Christ or, or your husband would, 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 would follow Christ and, and things would be different in your family. Or at least by now I'd be dating somebody. God. And you know what it's like at work. There are no prospects there. Jeez, I wouldn't want to come home with any of those guys. So we can understand Abraham's point of view. We can clearly see his perspective. But when it comes to faith and when it comes to life and when it comes to God's blessings, you've got to hear this. You have got to hear this. You and I think addition. God is thinking multiplication. He doesn't, he doesn't do it. He doesn't do the add-on thing. In the very beginning, he said to Adam and Eve, he says, be fruitful and add another one. He doesn't say that. He says, be fruitful and multiply. Multi God, God wants to, it, it is his thought process. It is what he does. That's why, that's why only he knows the amount of apples in a seed. And you and I are so focused on how many seeds are in an apple. Jesus did this. Jesus started talking about, about a guy who plants seed, a sower, and the sower plants his seed, and, and, he, and he plants this seed, and it, it's not just one plant that comes out of that seed. Jesus talks about it in three different categories. He says he plants a seed, and, and, and one, one, one sowing brings up 30%, 30 times. 30 times that seed, and the next one is 60 times that seed. And, and another one is 100 times that seed. It's the, it's the only range that Jesus talks about. He multiplies. God multiplies. And I don't know what you were praying for. I, I don't know what you were expecting God to do in your life. I don't know what you've actually backed away from or given up on. But I'm here this morning to remind you and to remind me that just because you don't see things happening the way you think they ought to happen does not mean that God is doing nothing. Because he is God. And he is always doing something. And just in case you didn't know, I don't know if you've been to church before. I don't know if you understand this or know this, but God answers every prayer. Sometimes he says, no, we don't like that. Sometimes he says, I've got a better idea, and you're really going to like this. Some of you ladies who have a wonderful husband, you would say amen to that. Boy, there weren't many amens to that. God multiplies. I don't know what you've been praying for. But here's the deal. We plant a seed, a seed of faith. We put it in the ground. The Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please God. 
with our faith, we step out into an air. With our faith, we begin to talk to God about something, which we call prayer here in church. By faith, we begin to ask him things. And we plant that seed in the ground. You know what God does? We plant that seed in the ground. And here's what God does. He sends the sun because the sun is necessary for that seed to grow. He sends the rain because the rain is necessary for that seed to go, to grow. And God is involved in every part of this process. But so often you and I are so focused on that piece of ground where we planted the seed that we don't get to appreciate the sun and we don't get to appreciate the rain, especially here in Arizona. And we don't, we don't get to appreciate the process because we're so focused on that spot of ground. God created that process. You and I are called to, to, to believe him, have faith in him, and trust his process. But you know what we do? We come up to him and we say, this is my situation. This is what's going on. Here's what I want you to do. I got to tell you, I don't think there's a doubt in my mind all day long God laughs at that process and the stuff that we bring to him. And he's thinking, not only is he think, not thinking what we're thinking, he's thinking multiplication. And he's thinking infinitely beyond. We're so focused on that piece of ground that we miss the sunshine and the rain and so much of even life. Some of us maybe actually begin, should begin to start praying for our kids. Lord, what is it that you want to do with my son, with my daughter? Lord, I want to begin praying for the person that you're going to bring into their life. Why, why don't we begin praying for the guy that's going to come and be our daughter's husband? Let's start when they're kids. Let's get connected with God on this at an early age, and let's enjoy the process and celebrate the time. You know, we have a lot in common with Abraham. You know what the biggest thing in common we have with Abraham is? We have a very limited perspective. Because all we see is here and now and what we're asking for. And Abraham, all he saw was here and now. And you've got to give him credit because that was 10 years. That was a whole decade just between those two passages, a very limited perspective. And, and we're struggling with the fact that maybe we're still dealing with that or, or, or maybe we're not married yet or, or, or God, this is not the situation that, that I was expecting. And I can relate to that. Many of you know that many years ago, I, I went through a divorce, and, and after that divorce, there, 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 were, there was a 10 to 12-year period that I was in this time. God, God, this is not 
what I was expecting. And this doesn't even line up with your word. It doesn't even line up with, with, with I know what you feel about families. And, and, it's, a, and it's, a, it's, a, it's a time where you're just going through it. And in that time, I got to tell you, uh, 10, 12 years of, of being totally involved with a church family, totally involved in serving, totally involved in allowing God to do whatever he wanted to do. And you know what he does? He uses that time. He uses that time for what it is he wants to, because he's not thinking addition, he's thinking multiplication. And then God brought Karen into my life. And then, and then after that, Wesley and Julia. And, 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 then, and then we, you know, Karen and I moved to Florida. And we, we moved to Florida. Soon after we moved to Florida, God began to get our attention. See, we moved to Florida, a nice little house right on the water. And this is good. I'm going to ride this wave into the sunset. Started a business. You know, I, I, can, I can deal with this. This is, this is easy. And, and God says, no, no, we're going to do something else here. And we, we begin to become aware of it. And we actually sold our house before we knew any more than that. And we, we lived with family there and, and, and waited. And, and then the time came that, that my cousin called and, and we knew that God wanted us out here. Had no idea what the long term might be or if there even was a long term. We just knew that he wanted us to come out here. And now, now we, we live in the benefit of being a part of, of what God's doing here. And even in the heart and life of our church. See, we, we tend to think addition and God's thinking multiplication. Our, our staff is talking about that now. Our church board is beginning to look at that. with What does multiplication mean? You know what it means? Those of us who are followers of Christ, Jesus, Jesus died for us loves us with all everything that we can't even begin to imagine. The, the love that God has for us is just flat-out mind-boggling. My, my brain's too small to wrap around it without question. But that love that he loves us, we're, we're part of his family, we're his children, right? That same passionate love that he has for us, he has that for the people that are in the community all around us who, who have no idea what goes on in here on Sunday morning. That's multiplication. And he calls up, and, and, and we are the ones that he gave the task to. He gives us the task of sharing that story with them. And we're going to figure out a way to get good at it. Because that's what he wants us to do. And I hope you remember this phrase. If God met all your expectations, he would never have a chance to exceed what if God just answered all your prayers? Well, that's addition. He doesn't operate that way. I don't know if you know it, but he probably hasn't answered all your prayers. Am I right? He hasn't answered all of mine. And I think I'm right and he's wrong. He's thinking multiplication. I'm still struggling with addition. In, in verse 5, God speaks to Abraham. And God gets his attention. In verse 5, then the Lord took Abram outside. 
He took him outside. This was an evening. He was having a dream, right? God takes him, gets him and takes him outside of his tent, mind you. Not his house, his tent. He takes him outside. And listen, as your pastor, one of the, one of the things that God has called me to do is to sometimes take you outside. Because you and I are stuck inside in a lot of ways. Look what he says. Then the Lord took Abraham outside and he said to him, look up into the sky and count the stars if you can. What God is saying is you can't possibly do it, but go ahead and try, okay? Count the stars if you can. That's how many descendants you will have. Because God only thinks in terms of multiplication. Look, look outside your box. Look outside your box of unmet expectations. Look outside the box of what you thought God was going to do and how he was going to do it. He tells Abraham, let's look outside that box. Let's step outside of your tent, look at the stars, and go ahead and try and count them. And I know you can't. And that's how many descendants you're going to have. In other words, you'll never even know. Last week I said legacy. You will never know what your legacy is. Because much of our legacy will, will, be, will be happening long after we are gone. Because God deals with multiplication. My thoughts are not like your thoughts, Abraham. They're not like your thoughts. And he says to you and I, my thoughts are not like your thoughts. My ways are not like your ways. And then he, and then he, said, he turns to Abraham as well as us, and he said, as high as the heaven is from the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. See, God, God steps right in front of us and he says, Let's not forget, I'm God and you're not. I've got it all under control and you obviously don't. Abraham's thinking, I, I can't even have a son. And God drags him outside the tent. Look at the stars. You, you won't even be able to count them. Look up into the sky. Count the stars if you can. That's how many descendants, descendants you will have. There has to be a point somewhere along the line here where Abraham just stops and, and says, I was, I get it. I was thinking a son. You were thinking a nation. I was thinking one. You were thinking infinity and beyond. Those of us who are in Christ, you and I, believers, followers. And for some of us, we, we've actually, we've come to a place where, where we're not believing God for what we used to believe him for. We've backed off of that. Those of us who are following Christ, if we see the stars, look what 
Paul, when he writes to the church in Galatians, in Galatians chapter 3, he says, if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed. Abraham was looking for a son. All Abraham saw was a son. But God saw you. Because you are one of those descendants. Those of us who are followers of Christ, every single one of us are one of those descendants. We are one of those stars. We are part of his multiplication process. It is what he does. We need to understand Abraham was thinking about a son. God was thinking about you. That's so much bigger than even just that phrase. Because I can say it in a general term, but in reality, God was thinking about you. You, the individual. You, the one with this particular fingerprint. You, the one with this particular eye print. And if we were to track your voice, your voice would have a print. And you, the one that God chose to create specifically with the DNA of your mother and the DNA, DNA of your father. And he chose to put them together to create this specific DNA that is you. He is that personally involved in every single one of us. Don't try and wrap your brain around it. I can't do it. But he is God. And the more we learn about science, the more we realize how huge and how great our God is. You have no idea what God may produce through a single seed planted in faith. To a life, a single life that gets devoted to him. We're thinking multiplication. He doesn't do that. He's thinking, we're thinking addition. He's thinking multiplication. And if God always met your expectations, he would never have the chance to exceed them. I talk every once in a while about our twin daughters, Trish and Tiff, and, and uh, they both live back in northern Virginia. I talk to them and connected with them, social media. And, and I pray for them because... Um, neither one of them for a long time have been involved in a church. And I challenged both of them. And a couple of weeks ago, I got a text from Tricia. Dad, what do you think of this church? She got my attention like that. She sent me a, a, a link to a, a website of a church there. And, um, and I started looking at it, and I thought, this looks like a really good church. So I did a little bit of research on the pastor, and he comes out of Southeast, and I'm thinking, well, this, this could really be a good church. And I just sent her back a text. Trisha looks great. She said, good, we're going to check it out this Sunday. I, I sent her a text on Monday or Tuesday, I don't remember which it was. Trisha, how was the church? It was great, Dad. We loved it. We're going back next Sunday. See, we, we lay these prayers out to him. We, we plant these seeds of faith. And you know what he does? He sends the sun up, and he sends the rain. And, and he has his process. And so often we get distracted from his process, and we give up. And what he's calling us to do is to trust him 
and to trust his process. But James, I, I'm not, I don't have a lot of faith. I'm, I'm not really, I, I, this whole spiritual thing, I don't know. And he hears that, and he steps right into it. And you know what he says? He says, look, you don't need a lot. Matter of fact, if you just have faith the size of a mustard seed, a mustard seed is one of the smallest seeds that there are on the planet. And he points to that one. If you just have that much. Guys, I'm telling you, and so many people in this room, they, they would stand up and tell you the exact same thing. I'm looking back over my shoulder. I'm looking in the rearview mirror. And you know what God does with faith? He waters it, and he sends the sun, and he grows it. And sometimes fear comes, comes into our lives. And, and you know what he does with that fear? It, we embrace who he is and we read his word and we step forward in faith. And he takes that fear and he turns it into faith. And he grows our, over time in our relationship, he grows our faith. And, and he moves us closer in relationship with him. And he grows who we are spiritually. And it's a process, oh, process, there's that word again. It is the process that he does in our lives. And the fascinating thing is a seed of faith, a prayer that we plant, he will take and use and change a life. And that life changes a family. And that family changes generations. And we're back to seeds and apples and trees. And a gift that we plant in the offering or we get online and we commit to giving on a regular basis. And you know what that does? That, that actually takes us to the place where a planted seed of faith can change a life, which can change a family, which changes generations. And, and this is what he, we're, we're just, a, we're privileged we, to be a part of this. We get to be a part of this. But he's doing it. And he's doing it through our lives. And it's as simple as you and I saying, God, use me more this year than ever before. I'm, I'm going to serve. After this service, I, I've accepted Christ and I'm going to go be baptized. I'm taking that next step. For those of you who have lowered your expectations of what God's going to do in your life, can I, can I, can I appeal to you Go back. Pick it back up. Start praying that same prayer. Start praying that prayer again. Start being a pro Start enjoying that. Do you know why God created this life here for you and I? So that we would enjoy it and we would honor him with it. That's his process. Step back into the process. Do you know why? Because he's God. And his promises are true. His promises are absolutely true. And his word is alive. And not only is his word alive, his presence is with us. He says, if you're, if, if you're my child, if, if you're a follower of me, my Holy Spirit is living inside of you. Let him have more access. Let him do more stuff. Trust, let's trust him, and let's trust his process. And this passage of Scripture in Ephesians chapter 3. Now, glory be to God 
And Paul is talking from experience here. He not only believes it, he has watched it happen in his life. Now, glory be to God, who by his mighty power at work within us is able to do far more than we could ever dare to ask or even dream of, infinitely beyond. Infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, or even our highest hopes. Never measure God's unlimited power by your limited expectations. Let's never do that. Let's believe him. Let's embrace him for who he is. Expect him to do what he says he's going to do because he's going to do it. Stand with me this morning. Let me pray with you. We're going to head out. Some of you are going to get baptized. Some have already been baptized. Father, thank you so much for this time that we have together. Thank you for your church family, for our lives together, who you are, you're weaving together, but you're working on in an independent way and in a corporate way and using us one with the other in our life groups and our prayer teams and different areas of ministry going on right here this morning. Father, we pray for your continued blessing. Lord, we look to you to change our lives. We look to you, Father, to use us in this part of multiplication that your, your heart desires for the area wrapped around us. Bless us, Lord, as we head out now to baptize. And let me take an opportunity here. Our prayer team will be up here after the service. We'd love to pray with you. If you've never accepted Jesus as your Savior, let me give you an opportunity this morning. Well, what, what does that mean, James? Well, that means that Jesus, the Son of God, came, and, and he came here to earth, and he died on a cross. He willingly let them nail him to a cross to pay for your sins and for my sins. And they put him in a grave, and he rose from the dead, and he ascended into heaven. And the Bible says that by, by believing in Jesus Christ, the Son of God, as our Savior, our sins are forgiven, and they are forever Take it no longer, they are just no longer here. They're taken away by what Christ did on the cross. By simply believing that, you become a child of God. And you become part of our spiritual family. If you've never accepted Jesus as your Savior, and you'd like to do that this morning, simply by recognizing that, and just slipping up your hand, every head bowed, every eye closed. If that's you this morning, just put your hand up and put it right back down. Let me pray with you this morning. Father, thank you. Lord, thank you so much. Thank you for today. Thank you for our church family. Thank you, Father, for those who have opened their heart to you. Lord, bless our time outside as we celebrate baptism and obedience and following you. We look forward to the rest of this day. As we worship you, we honor you, and we live for you. In your holy name we pray. And everyone said, amen.